This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 31. I'm P.F. Wilson, content director for Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, Ben Capodogli, owner of Cappy's Wine and Spirits in Loveland. I always say Cappy's is, is like craft beer crashed into cheer. People know your name. Some craft beer places, in my opinion, cater only to the craft beer drinker. We're catering to whoever we can. I mean, the, my goal is drink what you like. Cappy's is a Loveland institution, and it's a great story. Ben tells us about how he went from selling tennis shoes on street corners to owning the go-to spot in the Cincinnati area for craft beer, and uh, more, as you'll hear. There's more to the story. Ben was also in the gas station business, and you'll hear about that, as well as his big plans for Cappy's in the future. Be sure to listen for the promo code at the end of the episode, as always, so you can save 20% on your next Cincy shirts or old-school shirts purchase. And with that, let's talk to Cappy. It's uh, me, Josh, and Darren on the patio at Cappy's talking to, well, the man himself. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. She came down Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Yeah, so you guys got your own thing going? Uh, yeah, totally but, wow. So yeah, well, anyway, we're here. Uh, we're here in historic Loveland, everybody, for uh, Cincy Shirts podcast at Cappy's. Which, uh, hey, we're so we're here with the owner Ben. Ben, what's your last name? Capadegli. Ah, so that's where the name There's came Cappy's. from. Yeah, because nobody can say it. Capadegli. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's a nickname I'm guessing growing up was. Yeah, Cappy's. Cappy. You know, my Cappy dad, my uncle, my grandpa, everybody. Yeah. Nobody can say Italian names in Cincinnati, so went with Cappy. <laughs> nice. And we're outside here on the patio, as you guys we can are, tell, too. We are outside so, of doors. Uh, so so my, we are Riverside on the patio. For sure. So, yeah, so so what is Cappy's? I mean, I'm seeing a liquor store. I'm seeing uh, you guys got beers on tap. Are you guys a bar? Is there an identity crisis? Like, what's uh <laughs> There's always an identity crisis. But yeah, so we started off, I bought the store, uh, it was 10 years ago in February, February 8th actually, and I bought it as a liquor store. It was completely run down. It, it was busy, but it was it had zero care. I bought it from an old guy named Butch. It was called Butch's Carryout the first uh, four years I owned it. Uh, you know, we were just going through all the, pro- I didn't, you know, once I bought it, I didn't have any money to like remodel it right away. So, you know, I had to kind of build that up over time. It took a few years to do some of the changes I wanted to make um, at the time. None of this would have even been possible. Was it legal in Ohio to sell pints and uh, glasses of wine at a liquor store, uh, growlers, so on and so forth? I believe that changed five years ago this past June, and we were shortly after it. We Jungle Gyms was the first uh, to put up a growler station, and we were the second. To yeah, put I up mean, a I've seen station. growlers at plenty of yeah. places, but I haven't yeah. seen. Like you just like have a pint and just hanging out so, there at the store. Yeah, so so that's so we did. I mean, 
I hadn't really seen too much of that before we did it. Like I said, we were definitely on the front end of the law in Ohio. Um, you, like I said, you did have Jungle Gyms doing it. They're a little different set up as a grocery store, though, and a separate, you know, their liquor store separate from their beer and separate from their what, you know, everything's kind of compart- part- compartmentalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas here, everything's just in one spot. Um, so, you know, basically how it went is, is we started with the Growlers. Like I said, we were within the first few months of that. Is this the gentleman we've been yeah, about yeah. Yeah. Joining us live, Josh. Josh Sneed in the house, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, Captain Eggly. Nice Pleasure. to meet you. Thank you, man. Sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry about You're that. Good. No. Edit that out. Yeah, right. just <laughs> I wasn't late. Edit that out. Isn't that what yeah. makes it real? He's been here the whole time. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got, so, you, so, was that always your goal to sell sell Growlers and stuff? I mean, did you guys have anything to do with the law of passing, or did you just earn no, about no, that no, law and say, no, we didn't. We're going to use that to our advantage. No, yeah, we just used it to our advantage. You know, customers started asking you know like I mean once those things change um, you know the internet is I'm, I'm 40 years old so the internet's an amazing thing the amount of information available so customers a lot of times can be more knowledgeable than even salesmen or brewery reps about what's coming out when it's coming out oh yeah because you know they're following all the stuff online they're following label approvals they're following the breweries they're following the brewery reps they're following anything they can do to find out information especially five years ago with the craze five six years ago when the craze of craft beer was really starting to happen um, so my thought process is I put in growlers and like six months later I was like well man how cool would it be if if you could you know drink a beer and shop I was like I mean just from a capitalist standpoint I was like how much easier it is for me to sell somebody beer when they've already had a beer in their hand and I'm getting a double sale out of it and hopefully more sale on that back end so the whole thought process is I acquired the pint license uh, I have a great liquor attorney uh, Tom Jeffcott up in Columbus Ohio um, you know so he he guided me through all the process he um, he got us set up and we so we started selling pints with no concept of opening an outside area a patio anything other than the the two chairs and table we were required to have inside by, by the liquor commission well it started you know every Thursday night we featured a brewery now we're going on it'll be four years at the beginning of 19. And, uh, and so it kind of like we built this Thursday night following at Cappy's where, you know, like Thursday night is kind of like another weekend night here. So, which has been absolutely uh, fantastic, a lot of fun. We've done a lot of cool things on Thursday nights. Uh, our first pig roast was on a Thursday night where, you know, we roasted a pig. Um, you know, uh, we did that with Maui Brewing Company, had a huge luau that day. That was last October. I mean, just an absolutely incredibly fun day. Um, if you'd ever told me I was roasting a pig, down the river, um, you know, at the liquor store, I'd probably yeah. told you no when While I first popped this. in. Yeah, so <laughs> so the pints started happening. This pint site started happening, and, and, and you know, there would be 20 or 30 people inside on top of the carryout business, which is, is fairly, you know, we're, we're also a busy liquor store carryout. Um, and it, it just made it tight. And it was, you know, it was, it was becoming stressful, you know. So... I actually built these railings. I built a small patio just on the blacktop for people to sit on, smoke cigarettes, had about six, seven tables, and built that in May of 15, and by October of 15, tore it down to start a new one because you couldn't even stand on it because it was so busy by the end of summer. So then we built this, and that opened uh, December 11th of that year. Um, so I believe, yeah, I believe we're going on our third year open this December of the outdoor patio. So that was kind of the process that we got there. I mean, it was just really paying attention to what was going, going along along the way. Everything that's happened here 
<laughs> it really isn't my vision. It's more my customer's vision. And I guess that's what we've always tried to You know, we're big on customer service. That's successful. Yeah, I mean, we try, you know, I listen to what the customers want. If you designed a place from scratch, there's no way you would build it how we have it set up. I mean, I don't think I would even build it how we have it set up. But because of how we grew, and because we grew organically and with the market, yeah, we were able to get everybody in. You know, we have a great presence in the community. Um, we, we try to be very, uh, very involved with charity organizations with the local school districts. Um, you know, and, and I always say Cappy's is is like craft beer crashed into Cheers. I mean, you know, yeah. you come here, people know your name. Um, it's not your, you know, some craft beer places, in my opinion, cater only to the craft beer drinker. Whereas we're really we're catering to whoever we can. I mean, the, my goal is drink what you like. You know, I mean, if you, if you like Miller High Life, I'm, I, I love Miller High Life. Yeah. I'll drink Miller High Life. I mean, there's a time and a place. If I love, uh, you know, Headhunter. You know, drink Headhunter. If you love Jameson, drink Jameson. So that's kind of our motto here. I mean, obviously, we're craft beer driven. That's what made us famous. Um, that's kind of what put us on the map. We hit at the right time. We were around before most the growler stations. I mean, you didn't see growler stations and gas stations five years ago, but you see them everywhere now. You know, we do have 40 taps. We have a full counter pressure. They call it a Pegasus counter pressure growler fill system. So where ours is different than most growler fill places, ours is a counter pressure system that replicates a bottling machine. So that when we fill your growler, you have a minimum of a 30-day shelf life if you start cold until you open it. And then it acts like a two later. It's going to go yeah. flat in 24, 48 hours. But it's oh, not nice. going to go flat until you open it. We have opened yeah. growlers of heavy stouts, high ABV, 10, 11, 12, 12% beers. I'm not telling anybody they should do this, but I've opened some that are two plus years old that taste fabulous. I mean, taste like the beer should taste. So we, we have a tremendous amount of success. I don't know who else in the city. I think I think Growler Stop down in uh, down on like down in uh, Newtown maybe has has a Pegasus, but I'm not sure of anybody else that uses the Pegasus. Uh, my buddy Sam, who owns a liquor store up in Middletown, he, he has one too. Um, so, so that really, that really, set, yeah. We were one of the first people. We were probably one of the first twenty-five people in the country to even have something like that. Like wow. not just. I mean, when we put that in, it was really cutting edge. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we have a we have a state of the art draft system from top to line. I mean, that that we've spent we spared no expenses on that. Yeah, so, if you're gonna do it, do it right do, though. Exactly. We also have a crowler machine, so we can fill thirty two ounce cans, um, which gives us another you know another way. So if you forget your growler, the can doesn't have any cost on it, so you you don't have to remember your growler to get something full. So you know that that's kind of I mean how we got here. You know a lot of. You know, on, on, in a general sense of how it happened. We talk about roasting a pig as we sit here. The smell of this uh, barbecue truck right behind us. Yes, the bearded pig. Oh my goodness, yeah. it smells yes. amazing. So, does this uh, does this switch out? Is this a permanent resident for you? So, so here is uh, so here's what's going on with the bearded pig. So, I actually. Um, Two of my really good friends started this company. They were the first food truck ever to set up on Cappy. First pint night we ever did. So we've had a very a synergy with them from the beginning. They were guys I knew long before we were long before we served beer and long before they served food. And, and me and my buddy Caleb um, were always like, "Man, how cool!" You know, he was talking about I'll have the truck and you know you'll be serving beers. And it's kind of something you talk about and you never really think it's going to happen. And yeah, then, and then we've you been know, there. yeah, there, <laughs> there. yeah. <laughs> right on. And it's pretty awesome when you when you start to see that come. Well, last year they both um, they both had pretty good offers. Um, they both worked two full time jobs on top of our truck, and they uh, they both ended up getting 
different offer. Like one inside the company he was in, a better offer, and one got another job. So they didn't put it up for sale. They came to me first, um, and and you know. It, I was like, well, I need 30 days. You know, this was before Christmas. I was like, I, I need to, you know, think this through. And right now is my busiest month of the year. So, I, you know, I, I'm not going to jump into this. Don't have a ton of food, food um, service history. So it came about, um, you know, the equipment and that, it just it seemed like a fair price. Um, and I was like, well, let's go. So I bought the Bearded Pick. So it's a separate company than Cappies. Cappies. This summer we're really just soft opening right now. That's why I haven't pumped it. Haven't been in. We're we're, we're getting our grounds on how to run it, what to do with it, um, you know where we should be, what we should be. It will be here a majority of the time. That doesn't mean we won't have guest trucks in. Um, you know we do do some of the cooking up at my house and that. Like we you know we we're away for competitions. So but this summer we've just been really trying to get it out there and, and, and you know and make sure that our quality was up to their quality. We have all the recipes. I mean Caleb and Dean are on my speed dial. Um, awesome. so we're keeping the dream going. Yeah, so we're you know, was incredible. So they yeah, get laid off tomorrow, it. they'll yeah. be back. They'll be there. back. Making <laughs> <laughs> that pulled pork, baby. So um, so so that's how so, so that's how that starts. So they were the ones who actually roasted the pig last year. And um, and, and that like I said, that was an incredible event. Um, it, was, it was early October, fabulous day. It was probably, I would have to say, like, it's probably the best day I ever had personally at Cappy's. I don't know what the vibe was in the air. The staff was in a great mood. Everybody all day was in a great mood for this pig rest, and it went really well. For, and we were really busy, and people got the food, people got the beer, people had a good time. It really kind of, in my opinion, defined what your expectation should be for an event. You know what I mean? On people having fun and, and it being crowded, but not, yeah. Being, yeah. not being crazy. And for everybody, really enjoying it. So it just that, looks like it fits here. Yeah, it, it looks does. like it should be part. Right. That's just kind and, of a description of Loveland in general. We have yeah. two trucks. The other one stays in my house. Uh, this one we moved, like I said, mid back and forth competition. This has the custom smoker on the back. Like you can see, that was all custom made. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could rent that out to other people if they wanted to sell their stuff commercially, so on and so forth. So, um, but yeah, so we're getting our, I, I actually just hired a gentleman who uh, has been a uh, cook at the Cabana Bar and run a zoo cafe for the last uh, last three years. A uh, ton of, he's been in the restaurant industry 10 years. Um, I've talked to multiple people for who he's worked for. He starts Tuesday. So he is going to uh, take over uh, take over running the Bearded Pig, so on and so forth. And then, uh, you know, supplementing the people I have. I don't, I, we, we parted ways with the gentleman um, a couple weeks ago. So we've been trying to find the right fit. And I'm excited about Brad and uh, him starting on Tuesday, to be honest with you. So I think he's going to give us a lot more efficiency. Sounds great. Are you going to try to keep it up all winter, or how's that work? Yeah, yeah, I don't ever close. I don't close anything. Um, we have been <laughs> open We have been open every day since Christmas eight years ago. The only reason we closed that day is because uh, in Ohio eight years ago, you weren't allowed to sell liquor on Christmas, but they changed that law. So since they've changed that law, we... Uh, it's we, like a huge day. We have been right? open. It's a huge yeah, day. It's oh, every liquor store. Christmas I mean, Christmas, packed. all the holidays. So we're open 365 days a year. And like I said, last time I was closed was Christmas eight years ago. So, um, and and actually, it's funny. A lot of times, those are the days my employees like working in that. You make great money, you make great tips. Uh, you know, they, they get double time for it. I mean, you know, it, it's a uh, nobody has to work Christmas. You know what I mean? In, yeah. the, in a liquor store, you either work Christmas or Christmas Eve, though. And some people do their Christmas on Christmas Eve, so it works out pretty well. I have my boy every other year, so every other year I can fling back and forth uh, between the holidays. But yeah. So we're open. We'll plan on being open in the winter. You know, um, you know, maybe I plan on in a couple weeks being open 
lunch through dinner. Right now we're just getting open for dinner, but when Grant comes aboard full time, uh, the goal is to be open by 11 o'clock every day. And, and, and early in the week we're close at 10, late in the week we're close at 11. I would, I would imagine next summer you're going to see us be open later at Cappy's on Friday and Saturday. We, we, can, sell, we can serve till 1, so you'll probably see that next year with the menu that we're offering and we're also like maybe cindy's a, a friend of mine uh she buys her liquor from us for her store or for her bar and uh, i don't know you guys know cindy's right there you guys been to cindy's uh, right there the, the, not yet the I've bar right there go by, by the trestle yeah we're still getting, getting our bearings yeah so so she's fabulous and she doesn't have food so you know yeah. she she said we can you know take our menu there and, and deliver food over there and different things so we'll be much more aggressive with it like i said basically what we were taking this year is making sure we have the recipes right how we want them making sure the meat and our meat Listen, we're learning a lot of things, but we, we can smoke the meat, right? Like, we got that down. Like, we did a real, you know what I mean? And that's what, you know, and, and so that's that's really what I wanted to concentrate on. So you'll probably see us notice us being much more aggressive as we head into 2019 with our menu, with our creativity, yeah. and with our hours. And actually, it's it also as good brisket. as it smells. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the, the brisket, I mean, we use USDA product brisket. I mean, there's yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Maybe that'll be its own restaurant someday. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, restaurant <laughs> you know. Uh, what were you doing before yeah. you bought Butch's? Well, I had a gas station. So, I mean, I've been in, in the in a relative, you know, this industry since 2005. So, um, I had a Sunoco gas station. I also have another location that is just a carryout location down on Xavier University's campus. That's mm-hmm. Cappy's. Um, but that is just uh, carryout and growlers. There are no pints currently, although we're trying to work on that yeah, um, yeah what's well, a great store we bought it from uh, Donna I've, so I've had that long I've had, this is the young youngest store I've gotten rid of some of the things I had so I was in gas stations liquor stores I mean that's I was just in the retail end of things you know very little bar experience um, outside of you know occasionally visiting one so, um, but I, you know I served a little bit out of college so on and so forth but um, yeah so that's that's what I was doing prior to that so Prior to that, I was in college. Yeah, well, it seems like you're good at uh, good at selling stuff. That's so, for dang sure. Well, what's your background? Where are you uh, from originally? Are you I'm from Cincinnati. Guy? Yeah, I grew up over uh, over on the west side. The obligatory. Uh, what high school? Uh, is that what you're going to? I went to yeah. St. Xavier High School. <laughs> okay. Yep. Class of '96. <laughs> Cincinnati. You got to. It's a Cincinnati question. Are you guys from Cincinnati? I am. All right. Not originally. Where are you from originally? Newcomers Town, Ohio. Yeah, I never even heard of that one. Yeah, wow. there's yeah. no reason. Home of Cy Young and Woody Hayes. Really? Oh, is it really? Yeah. I can't believe I haven't heard of it Just though. A little, uh, yeah. North of Cambridge, south of Canton. Okay, I know where Cambridge is. I came here, went to art school, and never yeah. left. Never so. left. Right yeah. on. Menor, Ohio, suburb okay. of Cleveland, yeah. 22 yeah, yeah, miles yeah. up the lake. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know where that's at. Once the largest public high school in the state, folks. Oh, really? Uh, no longer. I don't no longer? I graduated with 888. Oh, in your class. My, my buddy, uh, his brother, is two years behind us, graduated with over 1,000. Wow. In yeah. your class. In our that's class. That's graduated. There were more yeah. kids in the class. Right, right. The ones that didn't graduate. A lot of people didn't make it. <laughs> didn't make it. Well, Where'd you go high school? Then. I went to St. Bernard Elmwood Place High School. Uh, go Titans. I had 73 people in my graduating <laughs> class. Wow, since I haven't even heard of that high school. Yeah. People yeah. who went there haven't even and I know heard people of who live. <laughs> I know people who live in St. Bernard. I'm not unfamiliar with yeah. St. Bernard, to be quite. So what I was doing long before, when I got out of college, actually, when I got out of college, before the gas stations and that, is, and I used to work the corner of uh, Mitchell <laughs> and Vine. Corner? Yeah, Mitchell and Vine selling $25, $20 gym shoes on the street corners. We, we imported them from China. 
I had seven trucks, um, and and dude, like that was the easiest wow. money I ever made, to be honest with you. But hustling, yeah, but it, it got to be an oversaturated market about two, three years in. Um, other, you know, other people started importing them that, and then the pricing, you know, a lot of people were doing like two for thirty, and at that point, it just became so we got out. Yeah. But that was what I did leading up right into this. So, seven trucks. Yeah, box trucks, trailers. We drop them off. I mean, we worked Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. Um, I mean, spots all over the place. You know, we'd go out of town for, you know, I'd find uh, what I found that was a good spot. Or a lot of times at first we started like trying to do festivals and that. But then we realized a lot of times it was better to find a spot like outside the festival, but in the town. Because then you're not, you know what I mean? So, so what I would do is I would scout out, you know, big weekends at places, scout out towns that didn't have a lot. I mean, you're going back 20 years, you know, you weren't ordering things on Amazon. And I, I didn't go to Hazard, Kentucky, but Somerset, Kentucky. And, and, you know, so you go to places that didn't have the big, you know, a place to buy everything. And we had great looking shoes. I mean, a lot of them, they were, the look was fabulous. You know, obviously the inside wasn't made like some shoes, but you could get, you know, for $20. And this was before Walmart had $20 pairs of shoes. So this option was out there and we literally had hundreds of styles over the course of a couple of years. So we really catered. So that was, that was kind of how I got into, I mean, that was, that was, that was literally Selling shoe stuff. hustling, so, man. I yeah, love so it, that though. was that was actually, and I loved it, man. You could you would get up in the morning, you'd, you'd set up your stand, your boxes, like in a circle. You know, you probably have about 70, 80 boxes. You put the display shoe on top, have a couple chairs out there. You sit back and read until you just people wanted to try the corner. Up. You just pick a corner. And well, I mean, you know, you I'd get get find property. License. Well, yeah. we had we, we had the full vendor's license on, but then you got to find the property owner. You know, so a lot of times we'd pay him twenty five bucks a day or fifty bucks a day to sit in their lot. Like you know, you you go to a guy who can tell or or close. You see a number and you call and you're like, hey, I'll give you fifty dollars and sit here. You know what I mean? A lot of times it, they're like, well, okay, and you, you know, yeah. what I, I mean, why not? If it's not being used, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, Cambridge, Ohio. I mean, I'm Cambridge, Ohio. Um, <laughs> that's why I know a lot of small towns, especially like Lima over down like in those you know what yeah. I mean in that part of Ohio that, that southwest corner so that that's what I was doing and then then like I said then we went from that that kind of just started dying down the margins became less and less uh, and, and moved into the uh, importance of scooters electric scooters for a while actually before they were like before like Segway oh, and, and then uh, that was just and then yeah and then and then like I said about the first gas station and then that led into where we are today yeah. why the gas station we were just pumping gas like, well, so I'll be honest gas. with you we were to the point like I said we were to the point where we were importing the scooters and we had to make a decision on uh, it was my father um, myself my uncle um, if we were well either we all had to go get some other kind of jobs it just wasn't paying the bills at that point you know what I mean so we had to make a decision and uh, I uh, it's 2005 so prior to 2008 money was really easy to get from banks like I said in 2005 oh, I wouldn't yeah. gave me anything in 2018 I'd give me a lot and it's it's actually a reversal I mean not that I can't but it's a lot more difficult now to borrow money I don't know if you guys ever through yeah. that but in 2005 I mean as a 27 year old kid with really no credit or anything pretty easy to get money to buy that first gas station so we uh from a bank yeah i even had like three banks approved me i was like wow and like i said had very little credit i didn't have bad credit i just didn't have any credit you know um so that's that's how you know i put the collateral up on my house like that was something i had to do um to get the loan and so we got in the gas station great gas station 131 in buckwheat over in milford um it's changed a lot over the years. Um, I would have kept that place, but I could not buy the property from the owner. I mean, tried over and over, and uh, I just I own all the business places I work now. Like I, I don't want to rent from people. Just not not because I 
I rent. It's funny. I rent my house personally because I don't want to deal with stuff. But professionally, if I'm going to put money, into something, you know what I mean. I'm just the opposite. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot of people are so. Um, it, it just depends. I mean, what's right for you know for you. But I we had that gas station. You had to pump a lot of money into things, and then you just weren't able to take it with you. And you know, gas stations have a lot of maintenance. They have a lot of that equipment's expensive. It's never something goes wrong. It's never cheap to get it fixed. And there's only a couple people who can do it, so they pretty much got you. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. Uh, so what's the profit on a gallon of gas? I mean, I was getting murdered. That's the problem. That's why I got out of the gas head. If you own 20, 30, 40 gas stations, you can make some money on the gas. And, and you have to have the amount of money, though, to buy that much gas at once to make it. Gas is... So if I, there was times where I'd be selling it. I mean, not, <laughs> so I took over that gas station the same month Katrina happened. Okay. So my first oh, month on the job. Owning this business was the craziest month in the history of gas prices in the history of the United States. I mean, the fluctuations, the highs, I mean, it hit all-time highs everywhere. And so that was a crazy time to get into it. We navigated that well, but it was a very abnormal market for us to learn in. Then, you know, we we started to get our, our, our feet wet and established, you know what I mean? And then 2008 hits, the housing crisis. Well, over in Milford, I mean, we our neighborhood was working class people, people building houses. Uh, I mean, that was a majority of our of our business, you know. It was a very working class neighborhood. And the Sunoco was more like a grocery store than it was a gas station. We only had two pumps. It operated much more like a mini grocery store. We were the last store before you got to the country, I would say. Like, so people, you know, we kept them from having to go into Kroger, so on and so forth. We did really good with pricing. We were very aggressive. We were creative with how we did things on the food and that so we had a we had a great inside business great clientele you know like i said i just couldn't buy that property and and, and, and i wish i could have because i love that place i mean um you know my son wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that place so it, it's a it's, it was a great store so that that was uh but that was an experience you know gas you really need to have money to be able to purchase it and you need to have locations that move through it and we were a little too pump country store so we just couldn't we, we couldn't, it, it just didn't make sense, you know what I mean? Like, we would have had to really, like, delve into other gas stations and that. And what I was good at was the inside things. You know, I remember, I'll, funny, I just thought of this, but I remember I was so excited the first time ever, and I was like, we got a hundred different beers. I went and counted them, right, in the gas station. And I was like, we got a hundred different beers. And, you know, we put it out on the gas station. Because, like, let me tell you, 2006... 2005, 100 different beers. But yeah, I was counting yeah. like Bud Light and Budweiser too. Like one, yeah. two. But I still had, you know, but, that's, but I counted all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were like, we were like 103 or 101, whatever it was. And, and, you know, and that was a big deal. So we, so the craft thing, early on, I noticed there was a market for it because in 2005, it was barren. I mean, barren. So we established that gas station with a very good craft bottling early on. When I bought this store, Sam, who's still the general manager, um, she came with me. So she's been here 21 years. You know, she's been here 11 years longer. Than me. Oh. Yeah. Um, so and she's from Loveland. Lives right down the street. Can walk here if she needs to. Um, she we'll had, walk home if she needs yeah, to. Yeah, walk home if she needs to. All home. But she has been. Uh, so she she's been absolutely fabulous in the process. Uh, she you know she's become like family to me. Um, and you know this place would not be here without her for sure. This place is not. I mean, like I said, this isn't me. This is the people who work for me. This is the customers, and it, it's just everybody working together. You know, trying to make it. You know, trying to make it a better place every day. You know, I think the problem in business a lot is, um, and, and I could be totally wrong. So just let everybody know. But I think a lot of people think they make it. 
like you know and and okay well yeah you make it but how long can you stay there you know how many bars do you know restaurants that are independently owned that from 25 years ago in your hometown or in Cincinnati that you can name yeah, yeah. seriously I'm any go back yeah. I mean I mean when you start so like everybody's like oh you're doing so well I'm like well if I'm here in 25 years then he can tell me I'm doing well which I should be you know I mean that's that's how we operate we think long term um, we really try not to think short term, you know, unless obviously you have to think short term, but we try everything we try to do is for right. a long term vision. But, you know, it's a it's a lot of work and it's a lot of all of us working together. None of this works just because of me. It doesn't work without all the people in their places. Um, and, and I think that's really important. And everything is based on teamwork. And, and like I said, I think over and over the years, you know, people who are three, four years old, I'm like, you know, like I said, we're 10 years old, you know, but get me in 30 years and then I'll be happy. You know, yeah, I'll be, yeah. I felt like we made it because, I mean, it's a tough it's a, it's, a, it's a tough business. I mean, that's why you see so much turnover in bars, in liquor stores, in, in restaurants. It's just I find it interesting that um, that you ended up here based on your previous experience because it was like you took the part that you felt like you were good at that maybe was not a part of your original vision. Yeah. And we kind of followed a similar path, you know, Darren with his art. And then, you know, I'm my stand-up, I thought, man, I'm good at selling T-shirts after shows on the road. You yeah. Know? Like, I figured out, like, what people will want to wear beyond just making that quick sale. Like, I want people to buy stuff that when they get home, they're like, why did I buy this? Like, I want them to, you know, because I see a lot of comedians, they'll put, they'll put a joke from their act or they'll just put their <laughs> name on the shirt. And it's like somebody might done. buy it right <laughs> then. <laughs> but but yeah. after that night, like no one who sees that shirt is going to be like, where did you get that? Or that's hilarious. Right. Like you have to have something that's got a little Gives more Gives it long-term sustainability. Yeah. So how did you yeah. guys? I mean, how did you guys meet college? Or did you meet, I mean, just buddies <laughs> hanging out, bar? I mean, you know. Well, I mean, I went, to, I went to art school, which meant as soon as I graduated, I waited tables for about five years. Uh, <laughs> Where'd you go to art school? Uh, Art Academy, Cincinnati. Okay, so I lived in my house. My house that I rent out is in Mount Adams, and when the Art Academy used to have the little building up there, right? Yeah, I'll yeah, that's now apartments. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, man. So I, I mean, I live. You own that building? No, I own a building. Oh, half a block away. So oh, I so. literally, I mean, I lived there for thirteen years. I rent the place out now. Um, I mean, I remember when that was an art building. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I mean, you know that Mount Adams back then was just like yuppies everywhere. Oh yeah, and man. Then, like EBN you know, was up there. Yeah. Clear Channel was yeah, up yeah. there. Hipster art yeah. kids so, running around. It was a so their deck. Crazy so Clear Channel's deck overlooked my backyard. So when they would have like crazy EBN like pool parties and that like things you heard Don Patrol that yeah. they'd all be out on that deck. I mean, you could you'd be overlooking my yard. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like. Throwing beads up at Sorry, him I was just like wondering that. if you went to where when, when that building. Was oh there. yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and it switched around. You know, that's all downtown now. That was all. Uh, all those changes came after. But anyway, so I was waiting tables at the uh, the boathouse, slinging some ribs, and uh, Josh comes in with uh, what a comedian, a Chad Daniels. Yeah, so he oh, was out yeah. of town with, and uh, you know, took and the Darren, order, got the talking, and yeah, really. Darren so said, I, "I do." He said, "I'm just started doing stand up, but I do art." And he's like, here's my website if you ever want to check out my art. And I uh, I checked it out and was a huge fan. I loved his sense of humor because he would, he would take, like, classic art, like, paintings that you've seen, in, you know, from famous artists. Yeah, okay. And then put, like, a modern pop culture twist on them. So if you're ever in Go Bananas, 
uh, comedy yeah. club, and you that's see great. all the cool paintings on the wall. Those are all Darren's. Oh, really? Those are stuff. Are they there. really? Yeah. Right on, man. That's a great one. Gilman yeah. has a great place. Yeah, so that's yeah. where I started. And so he knew that I was a comedian. <laughs> And we just, uh, you know, and I reached out to him after I saw his art. I was like, dude, I love this stuff. And we started hanging, and uh, we both played golf, so we'd be out on the golf course. Yeah, I love golf. And we'd think, uh, we'd go, man, we should figure out a way to work together somehow. And, you know, it came down to, like, well, what do you know how to do? And he's like, well, I know how to come up with funny concepts and do art. And I was like, well, I know how to come up with funny concepts and sell shirts. So that became the, that's sort of how it started out. You know, it was like, well, let's both come up with the ideas. You'll create them and I'll go sell them. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's how we started in 05 with, uh, so you, you know, guys are 05 funny. too. So think about it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. started at the same time I started. Yeah. So I'm 40. How old are you guys then? 41. Right yeah. I'll be 40 in March. All right. So we're so, all right. Yeah. We're yeah. all right there. 52. 52. You're let's, let's all get physicals yeah. after this. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. 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 After the first of the year, I got to yeah, prep. It was the same kind of thing as what you were saying. It was like, you take, you know, it was, I, I certainly never thought even when I was selling t-shirts on the road that. I could make a you know a business grow out of right. it, but I realized it's something I figured out how to do along the way, and I enjoyed it. And it sounds like that's kind of like what happened to you. Is like yeah, you it took is a, a part of something you were doing, and was like, I can work with this. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I'll be honest with you. Here's here's what happened on the craft beer. I mean, like I said, from day one, I was always adding more, even at that gas station. But what happened here was one August, and I, I can't remember six, seven. It was probably it's probably seven or eight years ago, to be honest with you. One August, we keep track of our numbers. You know what I mean? I look at what grows, what doesn't grow. You know what we gotta, what we gotta do to figure stuff out if it's not growing. And and I saw craft beer, and I don't remember the exact number, but let's say like in two thousand and like eleven, we sold three thousand dollars worth of craft beer in August, right? Nothing, not a big deal. In two thousand and twelve, we sold like fifteen thousand in August, and that was the first time I'll never forget. I was like. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Sure, sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I you know but, but I, was, I was like, what the? F-? I was like, I gotta figure out how to fucking capitalize on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. five times what we did last August. We put a little more effort into it. Don't get me wrong. We had started, but but like not five times the effort. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I gotta hit this. So that there's a beer cave in back, okay? That is all domestic, like that. I so I took that whole cooler and I was like, I gotta build beer cave so that I can make this 14 door cooler all craft beer and that's exactly what I did by that October I was building that thing in the uh, in the back to put all the macro domestic in I'll never forget I mean we're putting that thing in we finish it I'm leaving for vacation I was here until like 4 in the morning left for uh, North Carolina golf and actually my roommate from college lives down there twice a year I was putting that thing in. we were in that thing till like 6 in the morning took off on the road drove North Carolina got out golfed at NC State hadn't slept in like 2 days you know what I mean and, and, and that thing took off I mean I knew right then we had to figure out how to get more space for beer so I watched the trend also you know I was yeah, I was, uh, yeah and that's exactly what happened and then the, the part is, at first, I didn't even like craft beer. Like, I was like, man, I can't even drink this stuff. IPA? Oh, terrible, right? I uh, could not could not drink an IPA or a sour to save my life. Now, now I love IPAs and sours, right? I had a full, you know, and then at first, you, get, you know, I'm a salesman. Like you said, I could, yeah. I feel like I could sell ice to an Eskimo if I had to make it. To, that's how I had to live. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and um, so I was, you know, so at first, well, after a couple months, I realized, I'm like, I need to make myself like it or find what I like about it, you know? Yeah. So, like, my buddy's oh, like, I, you know, my buddy's like, I took an IPA home every night, just one can. And he goes, I made myself drink one every night until I liked it. <laughs> and you know what? In about 30, 40 days, 
it works. And same thing I did with Sour Forty. And uh, you know, and, and now, like I said, my two favorite styles are uh, IPAs and sours. So I find that amusing. That's I, how I am with barbecue. I need so, to. You know, but now the trends are going back to the lagers and yeah, trends uh, are going back to lagers, lager lighter beers, and actually, really, trends are going to wine and liquor. Wine and liquor are trending up tremendously right now. Yeah. And um, bourbon. And, and, and bourbons, yeah. I mean, oh, all, vodka, all that. Vodka. Tito's is on fire oh. though. Tito's just yeah. carries it. Vodka always sells, so it's hard for me. I'd have to really look like crunch numbers. But liquor in general, spirits are yeah. up. Gin's one that's high up. Gin has made a huge comeback. Ten years ago, I bought this store like gin was like old guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember gin is hot. Drank gin. Yeah. <laughs> gin is hot though. The gin gin's a hot item. It's so funny. Uh, some you, of the flavored whiskeys. We yeah, I mean, literally, uh, we just talked to Greg Hardman from Christian Moreland. Yeah, great guy. And so, you know, he was talking about the trends in uh, in beer specifically, obviously for him, but how it's very cyclical and trying to predict what'll be the next big thing. Uh, it's 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 fascinating to hear for me sitting back to like the guy who's selling it and the guy who's making it and how yes. you guys work together. Yes. So there needs to be more of that working together, in my opinion. I, I do feel, and I think it's starting to change. But with the with the explosion of beer, there's been a lot of beers that come on the market that just don't sell they're not hitting the audience you know, they're not and it's not even like you have to sell a ton one day but it, you know if your beer's getting old or going out of code you know you need to there there's a problem it's typically people can say over saturation and that but i do think we got to a point a couple years ago where every release was popular because it was new that drove it for a while but that's not a sustainable business model you guys would know that you know what i mean yes. you have to always be you know you can't just so i i really feel that we're starting to see people, and this is why you're seeing the trends go back to the Pilsner, the lagers, because those are beers people can drink all the time and don't cost $15 a 22-ounce bottle. They're right. beers that are $10 six-packs that are good, that can build some sort of brand loyalty, because I'm in a business that has very little brand loyalty. Yeah. I it's, mean, to be quite honest with yeah. you, I mean, on the craft beer side of things, or the wine, even the wine side, you know, we have a tremendous side of wine specialist, Mark, and we, we sell a ton of wine here, too, and, and sometimes that gets overlooked because I have one of the most knowledgeable wine people in the city working for me. I mean, he has a tremendous amount of experience in the industry, and, um, I mean, he was a salesman for Vanguard, one of the distributors. I was actually able to pull him away from the distributor a few years ago, and he's been one of the best decisions I ever made to really diversify what we can do here. Yeah, like, uh, you know, Greg was telling us about the competition that's out there for him, specifically in that area, but what's it like for you to be the one selling it? Like, how do you decide? Do you let your customers decide? I mean, you have so many people trying to get you to sell their yeah, beer. Yeah, you just pack it out with, you know, Mad yeah. Tree and all these locals, or are you going to bring in the, what, the Sweetwater or the, you know, some of those right. bigger breweries from that's a that's a good question because I, so i uh we we try to do a mesh of both okay so first of all relationships are huge in anything and, and I, I would imagine that relationships are important in your guys's industry of course um especially like when you're in sales you know what i mean i mean that's we try to treat our customers more like we're selling you an armani suit than we're selling you a six-pack does that make sense like sure. if you yeah, want yeah. help We'll take you and walk you through it. Somebody should be, you know, somebody should be helping you. I mean, like, I really look at it as the people who work for me aren't just clerks or bartenders, but they're salesmen. They're here to help you find what you need in our store. And if we don't have it, get it. So obviously, if somebody requests something, I'm going to bring it in. I mean, that's 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 no brainer. Obviously, what we like, what we know is good. People we've had relationships with for long, you know, long periods of time, like the Bells, the founders. I mean, certain about it. You know, we were relevant in craft beer, but. 
before even like Mad Tree and Rheingeist even existed. I mean, we had some relevance on, on a, you know, with national breweries, uh, breweries that weren't in Cincinnati. There just wasn't a lot of breweries. Yeah. You know, five years ago. I mean, like I said, Mad Tree just had a five year anniversary. So, and so did Rheingeist. That's crazy. So we were, you know, we were doing business. I mean, we were, you know, selling craft beer before that, and there wasn't a lot of local options. Listerman and Mount Carmel and Christian Moorline. So we're, we're real big on quality. I always say I've got to have the best tap lineup in the country every day. I'm not saying I do, but we really try to have a diverse lineup, a lineup with beers that you can find locally and nationally that you're not going to find everywhere else, but also beers that that are for the everyday drinker. You know what I mean? Bell Zobron, the Ricky, uh, the Jackie O's Ricky. I mean, different easy drinking uh, outside of uh, beer me. I mean, uh, like Scrimshaw Pilsner, Mama Yellow Pils, Pilsner or Cal. So to really balance that lineup and have a diverse lineup, one of the things I'm most proud of is customers are like, it's amazing how many taps we flip and how many different beers we have. I mean, we just go through beers. So we are always changing our lineup. And that's how we keep people coming back. But we also, like I said, we have a good core of beers that they know they can come get and, and feel happy about. How does What's the process like to get a beer that maybe no one around here is carrying? But if you're on vacation or you know something like that where you're like, I would love to offer this because I, you if know, it's, when, when I travel, I see my buddies, yes. they're like, you know, oh, you got fat tire. You know, that one's the one that yeah. comes to mind where it's like, you can't find it everywhere. Like, what's your process if there's something you really want, but it may be hard to get around if, here? If you, if it's not distributed in Ohio, you're not allowed to carry it. Like, oh, really? I can't, I can't, I can't cut out a distributor unless the brewery is in Ohio. So we, in Ohio, by law, there's a three-tier system. And uh, Tom Aguero on Queen City Drinks, which he has moved now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He did a blog. He was pretty, in my opinion, one of the better beer bloggers since he moved to Atlanta, my understanding. Um, But I believe that article is still out there um, where he wrote a really great article a few years back on the three-tier system and how it works. So it goes brewery to distributor, distributor, retailer. The only way that cannot happen is if the brewery is in Ohio, then they can self-distribute to us. So, but they also have to self-distribute out of the house they're brewing it. So, like, if Ryan guys Ryan wanted guys. to distribute in Cleveland, they have to put a house in Cleveland that they're brewing beer at, not just a warehouse, but that they brew. now to is get it, around it, it can be a they, one barrel system. Yeah, is that why they did that in Kentucky? <laughs> Didn't they add a space? In well, yeah, Kentucky? and then they had to sell that, okay. and that was uh, River Ghost or Ghost River, or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah so yeah. that was because, and the reason that happened, and I'm not as familiar with Kentucky, is because the three tier system was in question. And gotcha. so that's why they had to sell it. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so, keep up with the damn laws. Yeah. yeah so Jeez. there's a lot of laws, a lot of regulations, stuff changing. I mean, like I said, I, I mentioned Tom earlier. He's a fantastic liquor attorney uh, up in Columbus. He, he, I mean, he's guided me through most of the processes. You know, he has an ear at liquor control. Uh, there was some question on whether the Crowler machine was legal in Ohio. It was actually a gray area. So we took it out of our store for three months while he was working with the state. In our license, it's legal. But my other store's license, it's illegal. So we only had one out here. So that was, so that was, you know. based on a county or is that based uh, It's based on on the license and just how the license reads. The one says glass, the other one doesn't specify. Well, you can't put it in a can if it does, if it says glass. You see what I mean? Uh, So, so that's why down there we're not, we can't do crawlers, but out here we can. Um, and, and, but like I said, I took that up when there was some question. I just took it out of the store because I didn't know. I had him reach out, and you know, he was finally, you know, he got a clarification in writing, just so you know, somebody comes down. What's the chances it. of that? I mean, do you get a lot of inspections, or what's the chance? Um, of being a typical store like does not get a lot of inspections. 
we tend to invoke um, <laughs> like, passion. I don't know how much I want passion to say. from <laughs> other stores, I should say. But oh. like when you're asking about beers, like other people don't get. I've had relationships a lot longer than a lot of other places. So there, I would say some uh, jealousy, maybe the word, um, from other accounts. We're a very competitive market. Okay, I get told this. I would love, I would love to have some like national breweries here because people are like, Cincinnati's the only place this is like this. So there's a lot of competition between you know like really? us and Jungle Gyms and and a lot of the gas station guys around here and some of the other beer stores. Jungle and Gyms has their seller. own thing going. Yeah, but you yeah. know, man, but there, but the, it's not. You, I would love, I mean, it's kind of, like I'm telling you, like, and it's not even all driven by me. I'm a competitive person. I want my place to be the best it can be. I mean, I want my, I want, I want not just for me, but for, like I said, for the staff, for the customers, everything works better. You know, when you're busting your ass, you're trying to evolve when, you know, when, when you're not just staying stagnant with everything. So we have a tremendous amount of success. We move a lot of beer. So, so it, it, it does cause some issues though. Because people can be hesitant, like that's always the conversation. Like we're gonna do this for you, but you know it's it's gonna cost some ways, and we're gonna get phone calls about this, and people are gonna wonder why you got it and why I didn't. And I tell them, I'll tell them, give myself five pounds for being them. You know, what I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be, but like that's why, like you don't just get stuff. Like sure. the beer business isn't like friends. Like people, like yeah. when you get these rare beers and that, like I mean, you you know, it's based on numbers. The beer business doesn't love you from two years ago either. It's based yeah. on what you done for me today. How are you gonna do it for me tomorrow? But also, you know, now what's great about us is we're able to start to demand that the other way now because we have been established so long and we do sell a lot of beer. Yeah. I mean, out of a small space, and, and you can probably find, I would be willing to put our store up per square foot. We sell more beer, liquor, wine, dot per dollar per square foot than any store in the country, I bet you. Wow. That's incredible. I, bet you. I would, I'd and if not, I mean, and yeah. I've, had, I've had multiple people, like, in the industry, national reps, you know, who they agree with that statement. Like they have, and I mean, you just don't see places like this. I mean, anywhere. Where have you ever seen them? Like yeah, never. Not, never. So for saying. sure. I mean, you know what I but mean. How, so how much influence? Like, so I remember like it another thing. You know, I'd be traveling, and if somebody knew that I was in West Virginia or Pennsylvania, they'd be like, get buy as much Yingling as you can and bring it to me. You know, and then they have opened the door for it to be sold in Ohio. So yes. what, when something like that happens, what's it like for you? Is it a is it a real windfall that for some usually get usually a, get a anomaly? big usually get a so when Yingling came out years ago, yes, because that was a big deal. And I would even say I, I talked touched a little bit, didn't go into it, when I was talking about the releases earlier, where they could just brew whatever they wanted. That got so out of hand, and I think we started brewing so many weird things that were expensive and not nearly as approachable, that it, it almost killed the release market. Now, here's what you're seeing, that, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but breweries have become competition for retail stores, local breweries, where they, that was not the case. A lot of laws have changed for breweries that, that make it very easy for them, for them to work. So it's funny now, as I'm selling beer, but I'm also selling brands that I'm competing to get some of the same people in the door. That's oh yeah, weird. yeah. They all got so the more you, could, you could compete with Ryan Geist or Christian Moorline. Well, I have to Ryan right? Geist or Christian I mean, Moorline. Right? I mean, yeah. isn't that isn't that I yeah. mean, isn't that the goal? I'd rather I'd rather come to Cappy's than Ryan Geist. Or yeah, of course. Moorline. No, but that's what I'm saying. That, is the person you're buying from is also your competition, right? And that's something yeah. that's changing. That has become more relevant with more more breweries in the area. 
So, you know, you have to balance out who's really, really willing to work with you, who has quality liquid. Everything's quality. What I have on tap are beers we believe in, breweries we believe in. We taste the beer that's off, we, we take it off. We reach out to the brewery, we reach out to the distributor. And last week, we've had to take three kegs off. And, and, and I mean, and, and we taste them and do different colors and show them versus, you know, and there's a lot of places, I'm gonna be honest with, a lot of times. Um, the keg sale. A lot of times, like, you'll probably ask for a beer and you probably, you probably think it doesn't taste like you remember it or, a lot of people don't clean their lines, which we religiously clean our lines and um, our draft lines. And the other thing is, a lot of people just don't even know what they're selling you. I mean, I know most chain restaurants. I mean, I mean, there are some good places in Cincinnati for craft and, and to go with food and that. But I'm amazed that sometimes, like when people tell me, like this is what they have, and then I order a beer and I'm drinking it, and I don't have this fabulous palate. Like I said, I'm not a cicerone. I'm not. I can't. I mean. It, but I mean, I can tell like when a beer I've drank a lot doesn't taste like a beer I drank a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times, like this is a perfect example. And I don't want to name the place where it was, but they told me they had Lagunitas little something something on tap, and I ordered it, and I get it, and I'm like, this is not little something something. I was like, this I love this beer. I've had this beer multiple times. So I text my buddy who was the rep for Lagunitas, and I text him where I had it at, and I was like, hey, you might want to make sure this keg isn't old or their lines. It's like they've never ordered a little. They've never ordered a little something something keg ever from me. Wow. He's like it's IPA. Huh. I was like, well, now it tastes right. It tastes like the beer. It tastes like IPA. Tasted off because I thought I was expecting a totally different beer. Right. Yeah. But it tasted like their IPA. And once I realized that, I was like, right. he was like, all right, I'll go in. He's like, really? I was like, but they told me. I mean, it's like, dude, I'm not. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> and, and I think that that's where here, like I said, we're never gonna blast you <laughs> that so we're funny. super cicerones but we'll tell you what we're like my guys are honest i mean they can't help they love beer they love yeah. wine they love liquor and they're gonna tell you what they like don't like or what they know and don't i mean that, that, that that's that's the best thing like i said it really goes so much beyond me we have a fantastic staff a fantastic team of people who are knowledgeable uh responsible educated and very teamwork teamwork oriented that's awesome so that's and then I also hear a rumor that uh, you guys might jump on the rooftop bar trend <laughs> or this <laughs> I, I, there is I mean so this, this is initially the face I, he just made is I, like I, I don't know I, I just you know maybe sure. maybe down the road I'm never going to put anything out um, I, I don't have plans for that on, on the horizon horizon this was built to hold a second story okay, okay. I just built it like that from the beginning because I didn't want to have to tear down what I built and start over. Because you had already done that yeah. once. Right. There's a lot of things that need to be worked out beyond that because our capacity goes over 49 then. So we need to put in sprinkler systems. The building has needs to have some revamping done. Um, we have a lot of it. The sprinkler systems would be the biggest cost. There's a couple other things. So, I, you know, I have some things. Being if anything, you probably would see us go out first before you go see us go up. Um, our walls? My, some of my problem. Uh, winter. Well, in the winter we enclose, and that's what we're working on, where we can enclose it for the. Actually, so right now the plans are at the city. They're approved. We're going to be moving the front door to the side of the building right there. Okay. And so this will be an exit only, so that we can control the people on the patio. We can see everybody who comes on, because right now we can't. I mean, you know, and that's in, in, oh, in this yeah. way you have to. That'll be an exit, and then that which has never been enclosed will be enclosed for this winter. These panels cost me a lot, and I've only gotten two years out of them. So we're gonna get one more year out of them. And I, I mean, honestly, I just don't like. No, I'm not building money, man. Like you I said, trust us. We know. yeah. I mean, you know, so we're gonna you know do this one, and then we can replace each panel. To be honest with you, I haven't even seen the plan. I have to go pick it up from the city. I know the architect did it. It was all this was going on in July and August. We just got approved. My builder's in Florida, so he'll be out next week. So we're excited. We are also working process. with Trogues Brewing Company to 
paint a 47 by 15, you, you guys will appreciate this, man, 47 foot by 15 mural on that entrance building where our brick is. Oh, they're gonna. Nice. They're, they want to contract an artist. They came to me and uh, originally they came to me and asked me who had that. I was like, I, I have no idea, and I don't. I was like, I, I, I don't want to get into asking somebody. I don't. But then and so I just turned it down. And then I was driving. Uh, I was driving. I saw someone. I never thought about painting brick. You know what I mean? I never thought about painting brick. But I'll tell you where I was. I was uh, driving to Milford past Lears, uh, the meat market liquor store down in Old Milford, and they had painted the brick, and it looked fabulous. I came back that day, I called him, and I'm like, what do you think about this? He's like, well, let me see, you know? So right now they're in the process of bidding out who's going to do that mule. So it's going to be 15 feet by 47 feet. So it'd be a huge... So that'll be at our entrance when you come in. And what will that mural look like? Well, Trogues does some incredible art. Um, you can go look up their things, and I, I, I don't know anything about art. I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I love look. You know, I, I love like going to the Cincinnati we, Museum. We defer to Darren. But yeah, I, was say, I don't know. But, but so they've done here. Let's just pull up like an image of what they've done. So that's exciting. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, I was, you know, I'm going to kind of wait and see. This is the first year we haven't done any major changes construction-wise. So, you know, sometimes you just want to let things settle in. Like I said, yeah, I'd like to be here in 25 years. Well, we just didn't know if you were, you know, I was asking because... Uh, You've heard it, everybody, yeah. Well, just, you know, like um, you embrace, like, Loveland things or or beer things yeah. or, you know, a, a mesh of the two. I mean, they're they're contracting a local artist, so it's going to be different. But these are like some of the things that they've done. You can scroll. Yeah, I mean, being a what's that? You look like you need some beers. What's that? Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, my favorite. Awesome. So this is literally one of my favorite beers of all time. This is Ale Smith of San Diego, California. This is their uh, Vietnamese Speedway Stout. And to be honest with you, their Speedway Stout, the base for this beer, without the Vietnamese coffee added in is my um thank you Kara. is my that was the first beer i ever liked in craft that was the first beer 750 bottle and that was the first one that popped and so you've carried it ever so, since this and, one's always yes, on tap it, yes well i pre-ordered yeah this or one of the variants i'm not do. a big stout guy but i like this yeah this is fabulous yeah yeah, yeah it's fabulous i don't be offended i don't drink i just it smells good. Yeah. You don't offend me at all, man. The, uh, so let's switch gears a second. We got yeah. the Loveland Strong Festival yes. coming up. Really yeah. So tell us tell us what Loveland was like before the fires and then after the fires and what do you expect it to be well, okay. like? Let, let's go back to what Loveland was 10 years ago go, and yeah. then what Loveland yeah. is today. Because I was history. here. There are not many people that were here 10 years ago, you know? That's yeah. right. You could go up on West Loveland Avenue and set a cannon on Friday night. And you could shoot it down West Loveland Avenue, and you wouldn't have hit anybody 10 years ago, okay? You do that now on a Friday night, you have a terrorist attack. So that is how I describe Loveland 10 years later. Yeah. I mean, we – so this place, when I bought it, like I said, Butch was old guy. It used to close at like 7, 8 o'clock at night, like weekends, 9 o'clock. I'm like, we can stay open. Why would we do this? I mean, at a gas station, we were open from 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. We were only closed like – four hours okay so i'm like this is crazy so we started to open to the max hours loveland at nine ten o'clock at night on friday nights ten years ago i mean i'm not kidding guys there was nobody you could shoot the cannon and, and we would do we would keep track and sometimes i'd pay more to the one person working than we would do in business but to establish one of the great biggest mistakes i see people make in business especially service retail industry i should say they're not open they're not consistent and that drives people away. We are the only liquor store that's open to 11 o'clock every night. 
let me tell you something when nine and ten o'clock on friday saturday night comes our phone starts ringing like crazy are you guys open how long you open i'm 22 minutes away can i be there make sure i hold the bottle i swear to god i'll be there by 11 because there's not a liquor store open anywhere around here does that make sense yeah so we do you have to quit selling liquor it, it, at 11 yeah we have to or okay. we'd be open later yes uh we can serve other things everything else till one but liquor no can't even eat nine for carry-on um and obviously can't sell liquor on premise so establishing those hours now from 9 to 11 do you know how much business we do every night of the week even like last night from wednesday we did we did 30 percent of our day in the last two hours of the day so we've established that customer and that's bringing more than loveland that's bringing people from outside the circle per se of of your 45140 yeah i mean even the record store is open until nine o'clock like who's buying records at you know, I mean, it's, 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 I really <laughs> think so, if you establish it though, but that's a place people hang out at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a lot. I mean, these guys are great. Awesome. Terry, David, um, great, great guys. They've been a great addition to the community. So, and then going back, so that's 10 years ago. I mean, nothing, I mean, none of this was, none of that building. And that was, a, that was a feed, like a, a feed place in the middle where the apartments are. And yeah, I mean, you, you they had a trapeze yeah. guy over there. We've had some. We we have a fantastic. <laughs> we have a fantastic city manager, assistant city manager, fantastic zoning staff. Everybody in Loveland. I don't know who you've met. Who you guys haven't met over there? If you've had to meet any of them, we're fantastic. We've had some really bad city managers in that over the years, and Loveland has done a great job of turning that around. And I think that's been a very pro business. You know what I mean? They want they want to see businesses thrive. They want to see businesses be creative and be cutting edge. I don't think we could work being a better small town uh, for figuring that out. Um, I really think, you know, they, they, they want to try to do what's best for Loveland. So, you know, that's been great. I think the fire, going to the fire last year, I think Loveland caught a lot of momentum going into the fire. That's Memorial Day weekend last year. That's kind of the opening, oh, yeah. the real summer opening time. of the summer, you know. We're like, you know, Loveland has two sets, you know, that Memorial Day to Labor Day and then the rest of the time. But, you know, luckily we're not a seasonal storm, but in a sense we are because of that. And... So those places were setting the open. Like, they weren't ever open, really. Tonos right? had already been open, yeah. and the other bar. So two of the three that are reopening were open. So, okay. and the one, and they were both different type of establishments than this. Like, Tonos is a French cuisine, you know. We don't, we, we have some great food in Loveland, bar food, but it's still bar food. I mean, you know, so losing that. So when we lost those, what I feel like is this summer there was less, less foot traffic down here, in my opinion. Because there was less places to go, and people in Loveland walk around, you know, and go from kind before of place to place after, before after yeah. dinner, you know what I mean, after dinner drinks. So I think you have less of that because if you wanted to do fine dining, you have to leave Loveland now. Tano's gave you that opportunity before to stay in Loveland. So really excited about the uh, the new bar opening uh, with Kevin Mayloff, Jeff Hollinsworth. Uh, that New Orleans style bar that they're doing right across the street. Yeah, you guys. they finally uh, got the balcony yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin took me. One of the owners took me through. Well, I'm sorry, Jeff is involved in the Bond Furniture, not in the bar across the street. Kevin, I don't know Jeff's Kevin's other partners are there. Kevin's involved in both. Excuse me. Oh, but Kevin took me through and walked through, and that place is going to be sweet. So really excited to see what they're going to do um, and, and, and what they can bring to the community because that's going to be a whole other different place you know my my thought process is yes at some point you get too many of i mean everything but you also need to have enough to bring people down here yeah and and like i said if you know be able to be able to walk from place to place and so on and so forth. and i think that's a big reason why we chose loveland for our third location was when you walk around on here you're like there's a place for us in with all of oh, us yeah. you know you've got your 
you got your drinking, you've got yeah, your Yeah, we're food, the gift shop for you all this your, stuff. Yeah. We got the frog. I don't drink at all. Comedian that doesn't drink, I don't know if I can no. trust you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean says. Yeah, I mean, I mean, usually, I mean, you got to have some kind of thing going on. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, he has his vices. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joey Diaz, if baby. If we were doing this at the candy store, then I would be asking yeah. for uh, uh, another yeah. round, please. Yeah. <laughs> in case, nothing bad happened, in case you're wondering. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh. So, you guys, how long have you guys been down here now? Three months? Yeah. July first. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I felt like it hasn't been too long. Yeah, I, I uh, actually worked uh, July fourth. Came over here. That's when I saw like, you guys packed. You guys had a guy playing freaking saxophone. So Eddie Anderson. I was like, so he's he's legit. Guy, he got, you know, so he's from Harlem, New York. He's he's in his late seventies. He has opened for Al Green, Lou Reed, Marvin Gaye. Awesome. I mean, he's a real musician. He he is. I mean, he's the most fantastic jazz musician I've ever seen live. And we're lucky enough, he reached out to, his manager reached out to us because they live up in the Middletown area. Um, he relocated here. He's a single dad with his daughter years ago. And, you know, like I said, he's been on tour and that. And, and, and over the last few years, he's just been playing locally. Man. I guess some people had told them about Cappies and that we would be a good fit, they thought, for their music and that. And so she reached out. And from day one, so man, like, he's legit. I'm like, this place is different. I've never seen a setup in the inside like you guys. You, you know, you don't see people out drinking and then the food trucks and all that stuff and then you got a guy playing saxophone yeah. you know it's not some some sad college we've had kid guys do comedian. we've had to do our com- uh, comedy up here mics. we've had guys do comedy we've had magicians come in we're doing a big circus where uh, we have uh, <laughs> we're gonna in, in October with High Wire's name of the brewery so we're doing you know we're gonna have uh, flame, fire tossing in the parking lot and fires no more fires uh, well that's why it's in the parking lot an, an adult magician uh, go from table to table you know what I mean interacting that uh, like popcorn cotton candy beer we found this beer flavored cotton candy that we can make and we, we toyed with that so we're gonna uh, we're gonna have some of that tonight just try to theme wow. it try to do something fun you know what I mean I mean try to try to be different I mean that's the other thing is trying to you know separate yourself from everybody else that's trying to be like you or that is like you which are t-shirt places all day. over the place, right? So how do you? Well, it's yeah. not just t-shirt places either. It's t-shirt places that are, you know, I'll say it, blatantly lifting our designs, and you know, it's not just competition in the same space. It's competition almost it's with plagiarism. ourselves. Yeah, it's blatant plagiarism. I have a perfect example, Kira, and I'm, I'm not going to name the the other place that did it, but Kira. Let, uh, a couple weeks ago, we have we released this beer at Melvin from uh, Wyoming. Fabulous beers, by the way. Uh, released in Ohio, we were one of ten places that launched it. So she puts the whole thing out. One of the other people who are launching it. This is copies and pastes. Her even the order of the beers. They didn't even change. Like all they had to do was change one word around it. Yeah. Copies and pastes her verbiage and uses it in their event description. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we have a lot of that. That's so funny. I'm, I mean, you just opened the door I wasn't going to go into, but so much That's where they're on our show. Yep. plagiarism <laughs> over and over and over again, and no no acknowledgement of where it comes from. Exactly. Credit do, the source. We do a kick yeah. the keg. We do a kick the keg, kill the keg thing. I, I'm sure that people do this all over the country, but I got it from my friend Frank over at... Uh, Lucky Turtle, which is a great little bar, and if you want somebody who can talk, man, that man can—he makes me look like I can't talk. FYI, <laughs> he would be—he knows more about beer, like from a standpoint of being more beer geeky. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. They're a great bar, though. If you're ever over, I mean, in in North College Hill, great spot to start stop at, right next to Brentwood Spirits. So they're like cappies, but two spots. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And um, 
And uh, I mean, I lost my ball. And so he started doing that kick the can thing a couple years ago. And I saw it. So I sent him a text one night. I was like, man, I love the idea. I was like, I might not do kick the keg. I might do kill the keg. I might do kick the keg. I was like, but I, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm going to take this idea and I just want to. And he was like, dude, I love that you reached out to me. If you have any questions about how we do it or anything, thank you. I appreciate that. Because I didn't get the idea. I didn't come up with the idea myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and right there, I just, and I showed him enough respect to be like, hey, you're the first person I've seen do this in the city. You know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to use this unless you got a real problem with it. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to find another way to use it, you know? So, so I thought that was, you know, like it was cool that how receptive he was. And, and I feel like it would be the same thing if sometimes people reach out. Sometimes people just hate on you for what you're doing. And then they try to take that idea and put it off as their own. That's every day for us, too. Because like I said, we've been around and that's what it is. Cappy's gets this. Cappy's does that. Cap well, yeah, but Cappy's has been doing it for, for 10 years now. I mean, we've built that relationship. Someplace saying uh, two, three years old. I mean, they, they sell a, a tenth of what we sell. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, it's not my fault. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, well, well, you know what? Guess who's going to be here at 10 o'clock tonight? Is the owner of these other places going to be there? You know, got here at 9 in the morning and be here at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night? Probably not. You know, like, I, I mean, that's the other thing. You have to work. It Re sounds like yourself. you guys understand that. You know, yep. you, you have to be there. You know, that's what people do. So, uh, as we wrap up here, what? How can people find out all things Cappies? Are you big on social media? Oh, we're huge. Well, I'm gonna have to say that's I, real quick. I will make that's the thing I'm most proud of. We we are one of the people who started social media and craft beer. I mean, really pounded it six, seven, eight years ago. And I mean, I've had over the years many people, breweries themselves, tell me that they've modeled over you know how we started. We're huge on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Our website, lovelandcappies.com, www.lovelandcappies.com. We do not lack for putting information out there. Um, you, you get any of those venues, you're going you're gonna to find out about our events. You're going to find out about our releases. You're going to find out about what we're doing for charity, what's going on at Loveland. I mean, we're huge on that. I mean... Like I said, we, we kind of, that's what's great. That's how we got, that's why so many people dislike us because they see what we're doing. And that, you know, I mean, I would imagine you guys have a social media presence. I would have, yeah, and, and that's bit, how people are finding bit. out, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's what happens. It's the people not doing their work and just telling off what's your work. One of the things I can't stand more than anything in the world is when we post a picture of our arrivals, right? And this is laziness, in my opinion. And then right underneath us, a story will go, we got the same things. Oh, that's you, just you're comment. too lazy to even take your own picture oh, yes. and send it up and, and do it. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, come on, man. You know what I mean? Don't you thing. have pride in what you're putting out there? We don't put pictures on the internet. You know what I mean? We turn stuff, look at lighting. I mean, you know, there's a process to doing stuff. If you're doing it right, don't yeah. half-ass it. Yeah, you know, so that that that's frustrating, though. You know, yeah, and, and so know. talking about that, you that's that's here. Yeah, so that that. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that's my little spiel on that. No, you're no, passionate. No, no, it's, Love it's, it. Yeah. And then the other thing we do is uh, we offer our listeners a 20% off discount for the next week. So from when this episode drops until the next episode, they can type in a word on our website or say that word in our store and save 20%. We would like for you to pick what word would that be. For the next week that'll save people 20%. Cappies. Love it. There you Cappies. go. There you so C-A-P-P-Y-S. Yep. No apostrophe. No yep. apostrophe. Type that in online at cincyshirts.com oh, or mention no that at the store and you'll save 20% on your order until the next episode comes out. It's great meeting you guys. Yes, Thank you very hey, much yeah, for having so me out. I appreciate, appreciate everything. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. 
Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You wanna be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You wanna be where everybody knows your name Ben Cappadogli, owner of Cappy's. Boy, that's a tricky one to say. I hope I'm doing that right. That's why he goes by Cappy. That's what he told us at the beginning of the interview. Uh, anyway, he's the owner of Cappy's in Loveland, of course. And if you're out that way, be sure to stop by. He's just down the block from our place. So uh, Ben had some concerns, by the way. Uh, he was wondering whether he'd be able to talk for an hour. He was wondering if he had enough expertise in the... Uh, in, in the craft beer business. He just knows what he likes, as he said in the interview, and uh, he did great. You see, people always think that, and we get these great stories from them, and uh, I mean, he's, he's not a famous person, but man, what a fun story. That was a great episode. Really enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't already, go back and cherry-pick the Cincy Shirts archives. Frank Marzula was on. Uh, your old pal Duke Sinatra from the Gary Burbank Show. Mo Egger, Cash Wright, Mike Matheson, Johnny Bench from the Sporting World of all been on. And of course, we have those uh, two popular episodes that people are really digging. Haunted Cincinnati and Abandoned Cincinnati. Check those out. Just just check them all out. Just download them all. Listen to them on the way to work on the way back. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find them uh, in iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music. Find vintage t-shirts from great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. We're always adding new designs to both sites, so stop by often online or in-store. And in case you missed it, the promo code for the episode this time around is Cappies. There's no apostrophe because I'm not sure it'll let us do an apostrophe. So uh, Cappies as in, well, Cappies as in uh, the episode you just heard. And uh, you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com order or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or you can go into a Cincy Shirts store and use it in person. Just say Cappies. It doesn't have to be the Loveland store. It could be OTR or Hyde Park. And say Cappies, and you'll get 20% off. Uh, follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell all your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you find the podcast. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. Cincinnati.